Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Invest Your Skills podcast with your host, Summer Ames. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of doubt. As I was getting ready to prepare this episode and write everything down that I wanted to share with you, I was looking at another lockdown. In Vietnam, we've just had an outbreak after not having one for 99 days, and I feel like I'm in Groundhog's Day. I feel like I did back in March when everything started getting a lot quieter, and there were some minor mandates about social distancing and wearing masks, and then we got another group of mandates that just recently where businesses can't have as many people or can only do takeout, and there's no more events, even though for those 99 days we've been able to live, uh, so to speak, in a non-COVID world where we didn't have fear and we weren't concerned about getting sick. Being in this little bit of a Groundhog's Day situation, it's given me the opportunity to look back on some of the conversations that so many of us were having when the pandemic initially started to take over the entire world. And then also some of the conversations that people were having one or two or three months after the initial pandemic began and some of the conversations that were had. There were two clear, distinct camps of people that seemed to talk the loudest when most of us were going into lockdown states. There was one group of people who were like, ah, you need to start a side hustle. You need to read a bunch of books. You need to learn a new language. You need to do all these things. And a lot of times people were saying that people should do these things because so often time is the reason that many of us use as an excuse to not do things. And then there was the other side of the camp. These are the people that are saying, just take care of your mental health, do what you need to do, you know, watch over your family and, you know, use this time to just relax because we have had so many changes. We need time to chill out and figure out what these changes mean to each of us. And it doesn't matter what camp anyone is in. These are just the two general camps. Neither are right, neither are wrong. But what I thought was so interesting was really the three month mark for most places when two or three months when people started leaving their homes again, when lockdowns just became shelter in place or just general social distancing. And a lot of people looked back with regret. They started asking themselves why they didn't use their time more wisely. And it doesn't mean that they didn't actually use their time wisely to begin with. So this isn't a discussion on did or didn't you use your time wisely. The discussion is more about how people looked back at their own time with their own frame of reference. So as I'm going through all these different things, maybe there's going to be another lockdown, maybe there's not, you know, got me thinking about doubts. And it got me thinking about the options that we have. And also it got me thinking about the decisions that we make. Storytelling is really part of so many cultures from as far back as we know that people started documenting their stories. And one of the types of stories that it seems that we all love is what I usually call a rags to riches story. It's a story where somebody has gone through so much and they've risen above everything that was thrown in their way and they came out on top. And I think that people love stories like this because it gives us a safe place to feel emotions without having to really go through the experience ourselves. Some of those examples include Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks, who was growing up in community housing projects. You have actresses like Halle Berry, and she was sleeping in homeless shelters before she made it big in Hollywood. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger, who went from living in post-World War II Austria, where he didn't have plumbing, he didn't have a phone, there was food shortages, and then he became a famous actor, politician, whatever you want to remember him for. 
the question becomes, why do they fascinate us? Why do these stories move us? And some of it's because we're hearing a success story from someone who oftentimes hit a low that we either can't experience ourselves or would never dream of wanting to be in that same position. These stories can sometimes also be considered magnetic because they move us. They're memorable. We feel like we are experiencing these different life stories with them. These stories also, they give us hope to get past the things that we are experiencing in our own lives and our own businesses. People don't really understand how powerful doubt is until they have fully run out of options. In the space when doubt doesn't matter because we are between the biggest rock and the hardest hard spot, we are forced to be our most innovative. We are forced to kiss our pride goodbye in the space because there is no room for pride. This is the space that we are making freaking hard decisions. And this is where you will press forward utilizing anything you have at your disposal because you don't have any room to do anything except forward. When you don't have options, you look at situations differently. And I wanna walk you through a couple scenarios that might help you see that better. First scenario, you walk in the door after a long day of work. You throw your bag on the floor, you take off your shoes, and the next thing that plagues every single adult on the planet is what's for dinner. We've all done the dinner shuffle, right? You walk into the kitchen, you look into the fridge, definitely nothing interesting there. You open the freezer, you don't want to cook anything in there either, and then you pop open your phone and you go to your mobile banking application, and you see that you have a few extra bucks, which means you can totally take advantage of that piece a special at your favorite spot. You have that side job that you came home from that exhausted you that's paying you some freelance work so you know that you have some money to be able to go ahead and order that takeaway. In the second scenario, you walk in the door after a long day of networking and hustling to build your business. You throw your bag on the floor and you take off your shoes and it's dinner time. Your rent or mortgage is due in just two days and you know that you're already short. Now when you do your dinner shuffle, you open your pantry or your fridge. You find spaghetti, a half-used jar of sauce. Come on, we all have a half-used jar of sauce in our fridge all the time. And then that Parmesan cheese that you bought two years ago at Costco that somehow is still there. Looks like you're having Italian too, but you're having it at home and you're making it yourself. When you look back at these two scenarios, the first person, they had options. Because of this freelance job, they had the option to cook food that they did have in their house, they just didn't want to, and get takeaway. The second person, they had no options. They had to use the resources, aka the spaghetti, the sauce, the Parmesan cheese in this case. They had to use the resources at their disposal because they didn't have any other options. Their option was to make something delicious with what they had. To wrangle this discussion closer to home, closer to business, I want you to ask yourself some of the questions like why. Why haven't you started your business or your online portion of your business or started a new income stream? Why haven't you launched a project? Why haven't you taught a new subject? Why haven't you gone full-time doing the thing, whatever the thing is? Why haven't you started the email list? I want you to think of all of these different business things that you aren't doing today or that you are wondering about if you can start, will you start? But what you'll find in most of these answers that you will be answering to yourself is that you are doubting yourself. You doubt that you'll be successful. You doubt that your product launch is going to be successful. You doubt that you're gonna be able to support yourself on your own. All of these different things come back to doubt. 
And when we're in a position where we are able to have doubt, it really impacts how we make our decisions. I want to give you two more examples to help really drive this topic home. And these examples are going to be far closer to the business world that you are in. So scenario one, you want to start a business, but you yourself are struggling to figure out your product or your service. But you also have a full-time job and that full-time job is allowing you to pay your bills. So for months, you sit there agonizing and reading every blog post, but you have a fallback. You know, you have that, you have that full-time job. Not being able to make a decision is a doubt that you can build something all your own. And that doubt is there because you have other options. Now in the second scenario, you work your business full time. You know that you don't have anywhere else to turn. You have to make this work. You have to figure out a product or a service or you're going to lose your house, your car, whatever, whatever it is that you have that means a lot to you. There is no fallback plan. You have to make a decision and you have to buckle down. Now the market may or may may not like whatever you create, but you've given your all in being able to put something out there and at least gather feedback so you know where to go next. You know if your product didn't really match what the market needed so you can start rebuilding. Or maybe you just need to make some tweaks so that people are able to better grasp what you are trying to help and share with them. When we have the angel sitting on one shoulder and the devil sitting on the other, we as small business owners and skill investors, we really need to do two things. The first thing is just acknowledge that there are risks. Being an entrepreneur, investing your skills, there are absolutely risks and you need to understand what your risk tolerance is. And the second thing is accept that not everything that you put out into the world is going to work perfectly on the first time. But here's the thing, if you at least get something out there, your product, your service, whatever it is, if you don't get started, you can't figure out what you need to do in order to get better, in order to have a better relationship with your audience, in order to meet your goals. If you don't get started, you have literally nothing to work with. My own entrepreneurial story and nomadic journey is rooted heavily in the doubts that I had early in my life. More than 10 years ago, I met Nino and when we were still living in Cleveland, Ohio, and we had a similar dream. We both separately or together, we wanted to travel the world. And that's a really cool dream to share with your significant other, let me tell you. And it's really hard to find somebody who wants to do something that drastic in their life and be completely on board with it. So we were still living in Cleveland, like I mentioned before, and I was finishing my undergrad. And once I finished my undergrad, I said, well, I need a better paying job I've got student loans I've got these other obligations let's let's do something let's not let's not leave the country necessarily yet let's not get this journey of traveling the world started but let's let's switch things up let's move so we both also had wanted to move across the country to sunny California and we did exactly that So we moved to San Diego, I got a job, I worked on a great team, I started to work on some super cool projects, which is really what actually led me into digital services and later on into digital marketing. I started really getting these digital interests. But during this time, I was also suffering from dealing with a project. It was my 
probably one of my bigger projects in my life in an area that I wasn't 100% familiar. And I got super depressed and I was like, oh, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. And Nina and I got serious at that point about traveling the world to the point that I had started collecting items. I was like, oh, I'm going to read this travel blog. I'm going to go buy this on Amazon and I'm going to read this thing. And oh, this person wore this. I'm going to go ahead and buy some of that. So we were going through these activities And I started to get cold feet. I didn't know it then, but I was getting cold feet. But I knew that I had to make a change. I wasn't happy with where I was working and not so much with the people I was even working with, but I just didn't love the projects. Things started to slow down. I didn't feel challenged. And I also learned that there really wasn't a place for me to grow into in that organization. I said, well, this isn't just, this isn't gonna work for me. I am the kind of person that likes to stay engaged. I like to learn new things. I like to be challenged. And these things I don't feel are gonna be happening for me. So I need to make a change. So instead of traveling the world, I decided to become a consultant. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm a consultant. And that means that I can have more flexibility and make some more decisions and not go into the office every day because I'm going to look for something completely remote, which I did, by the way. And I'm going to do all these other things, but I'm not going to travel the world yet. And that's what I did. I worked on a one-year consulting gig at first. I was making six figures. I was making the most money I've ever made in my life. And like I said, that year, that contract was only for one year. And about six months into that one year, they assigned me to another project. And that was going to require that I add an additional six months onto my contract, which I didn't have a problem with. And during that time, I started working with a project out of Puerto Rico. And this was when Puerto Rico, just before and for well after Puerto Rico was hit by Hurricane Maria. I was actually, it's a story for another day, but I was actually evacuated off the island within 24 hours of the hurricane hitting. And I was like, when they offered me the project and they said, you know, you're just going to require this additional extension of time. I was like, let's do it. Like, what can we do to help this company get back on its feet so these people can keep working? Like, what can we do? Puerto Rico just needs so much right now and still does for the record. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and commit. And what's interesting about that is a little while into the contract, it sounded like I might need to extend again. And I brought up to Nino, I said, how would you feel if I extended my contract again? And he just kind of looked at me. He lets me make my own decisions, but he'll give me looks like, hmm, all right, why are you doing this? And at the end of the day, what really was happening is I was doubting myself. Even though I had proven over and over again, I am constantly climbing the ladder. I was getting different degrees at this point. I had also worked through getting my master's during this entire time where I'm working all of these incredibly high stress um, jobs. And I was doubting my ability to do it all for myself. And I kept finding another excuse. I kept finding another extension. I kept finding reasons to doubt myself more, to doubt that I can do the same thing for myself that somebody else is paying me to do for them. And now it, it drives me crazy that this is where I was, but this is where I was. like that that's my reality, right? So skipping forward a little bit, one thing leads to another. I'm getting frustrated at work. I can't do the things they hired me to do, which is what I loved to do. And when you take away what I love to do, I become completely uninterested. They wanted to keep me on for this other project. And that other project just, I didn't feel great about it. It wasn't actually what they hired me to do. It was something else. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to re-extend that contract again? Am I going to extend my contract? And that was really hard on me because I was stressed out. 
I was the most depressed I had ever been in my whole life. My boyfriend had found me, Nino, under my desk, crying, sobbing, which is not my style. That is not my brand normally, but I was just, I was a shell of who I am. And I had to have a lot of discussions, like why do I keep doing this? Even though I am making huge strides and I am learning so many things that I think I needed to learn in a lot of ways to have my own business, but why am I running so hard? And why am I not taking what I want to do and following my dreams into considerations? Well, I'll tell you one of the things, my six-figure salary that I'm making at that time was a huge factor in me being like, oh, will I be able to leave that? Like what happens if I can't make that same six-figure salary working for myself, make, building my own business? What if it fails? And you know, all the same questions that I that I was sharing with, with you earlier this episode, they were all going through my brain. And it was a really, really difficult time because with that six-figure salary, I could just relax and have my daily Starbucks fix and do all these other things. But in order to start my own business, in order to start investing my skills, I was going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I was going to have to not allow myself to doubt all the things that I could do because I have proven myself at this point to be able to rise up to the occasion. And finally, I got on that plane. It took some extra effort. Uh, But I finally got on that plane, which I booked without asking Nino because I knew that I needed to not have the doubt. I had to make it clear that I was finally going to leave the country. I was finally going to leave corporate. I was finally going to invest my skills and start my business full time versus allowing owning my own business to take a backseat to all these other jobs. I learned so many important lessons and I'm grateful for every single lesson I've learned and for every hardship along that road that I had to take in order to to get where I am today. But doubt is strong. Doubt will hold you back. Doubt will make you look back later in your life and say, I wonder what would have happened if. Doubt is the center of all of that. And rather than let your doubts own you, you need to own your doubts. Get to know these doubts on an intimate level because a majority of your doubts are fears that are inside your heart and that are inside your head. And the kicker is most of the problems and most of the doubts and most of the fears, they are solvable problems. But you have to set aside your doubt and you have to make the commitment and you have to trust yourself to be able to do all the things that your brain is screaming you can't do or you shouldn't do and that's where you hit that next level and that's why you hear so many successful people talking about mindset and building a bulletproof mindset and moving forward because these are tough discussions that no one can have for you you have to have them for yourself and with yourself in order to remove that doubt and make those commitments We are going to wrap things up here for this week. But as you charge into the next week and as you think about what your real goals are for your business and for your life, I just want you to really think about the doubts that you have on your head. And I want you to sit and really process those doubts and ask yourself, are these doubts worth you looking back on your life and saying, man, I wonder what would have happened if. Thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome week. Take great care of yourself and I'll see you right here next week on the Invest Your Skills podcast.